to the SCF Highway to Hope podcast here on Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. I'm your host, Shannon Courier, the Director of Philanthropy with the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. This week, we are jumping right into our conversation with Tom Frain, highway transport driver and 2021-22 Professional Tank Truck Driver of the Year Grand Champion as well as Will Lusk, the National Tank Truck Carrier's Manager of Education and Government Relations and Representative for the Driver of the Year program. We're going to talk about Tom's recognition as the grand champion and his time in the industry. Joining us today on the Highway to Hope is Tom Frain. We are also joined by Will Lusk. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. I'm excited to talk to you both. And first, Will, I want to start with you. I want you to tell us about, first of all, the National Tank Truck Carrier Association, just in case there's somebody out there that doesn't know what the association is and what you all do, because we do have listeners that are not in the trucking industry. So we want to give a picture of who we're talking to and how the association works and why what you do is important. Absolutely, of course. In short, the National Tank Truck Carriers is a nonprofit, nonpartisan trade association that represents the North American tank truck industry. I'm sure that a lot of listeners might recognize that Washington, D.C. is full of associations. There are associations for every industry, for every political issue. There's an association for associations and <laughs> an association for the North American tank truck industry is us, NTTC. So we have about 500 members that incorporate a variety of different companies. Either they are companies that have private fleets with tank trucks. Sometimes they are private for hire carriers. Sometimes they are private sector solutions providers that provide services or goods that help the safety and the performance and efficiency of the tank truck industry. So it is our job to provide education and advocacy for those members of our association and act as the go-between between the association and the federal government, such as Congress, the White House, or any federal stakeholders like Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration or Department of Labor or Department of Homeland Security. So we act as the go-between to help voice the concerns and solutions that the industry has for the government. And likewise, if the government has any questions that require expertise about our industry, we will act as the go-between for them. We have a lot of issues. Our hands are full, but it's been great to be a part of. That sounds pretty exciting. And it sounds like a big job when you're dealing with the government. There's always a lot of red tape that goes with that. And so you guys are helping this piece of the industry fight through that and fight for these drivers and the issues that are facing the tank truck carriers in this industry. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It is an everyday fight that we have to help ensure that these trucks are rolling as smoothly as possible. So that's what we do every day. That sounds exciting. It sounds good. I don't know about dealing with government. I can't say it sounds fun, but probably something new to deal with every single day that keeps it interesting, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit, Will, about the actual Tank Truck Driver of the Year program. How did that program get started? How did drivers get nominated for it? All of that good information. Sure thing. So the National Tank Truck Carriers has a saying, the number one thing that we work with day in and day out is safety. We have a variety of contests for our members that help acknowledge the best of the best, 
who has the best safety record based on the number of miles completed or who has an exemplary record or exemplary policies that help promote a safety culture within their companies. Back in 2014, we started a contest called the Driver of the Year Contest with really one simple goal, and that is to help acknowledge and to showcase the industry-leading drivers that work every single day, and they haul very oftentimes hazardous materials, a lot of things that tend to go boom in case of a bad event. We try to take their safety record, put them on a pedestal to help create a positive image of the industry and help showcase their accomplishments and also have those drivers act as industry ambassadors for us. So started in 2014, it has been an outstanding success and we continue this contest unto this day. This contest originally starts via a nomination in which a safety manager, a fleet manager, a CEO, or another business manager or executive from an NTDC member company will nominate one or two drivers from their company. And through an exhaustive vetting process through a panel of judges up in Washington, D.C., there will be video interviews, there will be panel interviews. The judges take a look at safety records, they take a look at essays, letters of recommendation, they take a look at what the community service record is like for the driver or their safety record, and they make a determination for who will be crowned the grand champion of the year and thus the number one representative, the number one smiling face for the North American tech truck industry. So that ultimately led to Mr. Tom Frayne as this year's winner. He was interviewed quite extensively and taking a look at his safety record with millions of miles without a single collision, coupled with his vision of the industry, his passion for the industry, his community service, and the overall pride that he has for his work. That's why he was crowned grand champion. So it is an outstanding opportunity to really showcase these drivers. And we're all too happy that Tom Frayne was named as this year's winner. Well, Tom, let's bring you into this conversation. So first off, I have to start with explain just in case somebody doesn't know again, Will, you mentioned that they a lot of times carry hazardous material and things like that. Tom, tell us what a tank truck driver does. What types of things does a tank truck driver carry, first of all? A tank truck driver can carry anything from fuel to grains of sand, dry bulk tank carriers. In my case, I'm a chemical bulk driver, bulk liquid driver, where we could have anything from a latex-based paint to an acid, to a compound. An example is glacial acrylic acid. That has a polymerization compound, which big word for boom. It's very temperature sensitive. It freezes at 55 degrees and it blows up at 114. The driver's responsibility is to get that product there safely, not just driving, but he also has to monitor that product in the process. So you're keeping it from getting too cold. You're keeping it from getting too hot. You're keeping it from being in an accident where it's going to explode or hurt somebody else. And so hence the focus on safety. Correct. Correct. I'm relatively new. I'm eight years into the tanker industry. I've been driving 31 years. In that time, I've acquired 2.4 million safe driving miles. Congratulations. 
Thank you. Now, when I came into the tanker industry, I came in with the attitude of I know how to drive. There's a little bit of truth to that. It's a different industry. What I found is everybody can learn something. This industry taught me that focus is 110%. At no point in time can you lose focus when you're driving a tank truck, period. I always say you have to be mentally prepared for this type of job. I mean, you've got typically some kind of liquid in that container. So it's going to move. You move and stop and go and that kind of thing. That has to affect how you drive the truck in general. Absolutely. So in my case, it's a single compartment, smooth bore trailer. So what that means is there's no baffles. You have 44,000 pounds of product that's moving. It's a mini tsunami back and forth inside of there. So it's constantly keeping you alert. So you're not looking one car ahead. You're looking three cars ahead because you have to prepare for everything. There's no last minute reactions with this type of product. It's an unsecured load, if you will, constantly moving. I think that's interesting to share with listeners because people that might not be in the industry and might not understand what it means to carry product like that, you all are out there on the road. And I see, as I learned being in the industry, how to drive around trucks and respect the truck because I don't know what's being hauled in that trailer and in that tanker. But I see people cut off trucks. It just scares me to death because I'm like, are you looking for a death wish? Because especially you get a truck like what you're hauling, there's nothing to stop that. If you have to just slam on the brakes, all that liquid's going to move. That's a force that comes to the front of that trailer. Is that right? That's correct. It will push that trailer. And when you're starting, when you pull away from a red light, when it turns green and you pull away, all that product's moving back. So you'll notice, especially in our industry, in the tank truck, when we're rolling through intersections, it's very slow and people become frustrated because they'd like to make that light. Myself as a professional driver prior to this industry, I would jokingly in my head say, come on, driver, grab another gear. When I got into this business, I realized, wait a minute, now I understand why. Why? Everything is slow. It's a slower process. But yes, as a professional, that's what we're required to do is to deal with traffic. I have to anticipate your moves. So that's my scanning my mirrors every three seconds. My eyes are constantly moving. Most of the time, I know what you're going to do before you do it. When I'm looking in that mirror and I see you sliding from lane to lane, I know what you're trying to do. You want to get in front of me because I'm blocking. You can't see past me, so you want to get in front of me. But I have to anticipate that movement and I have to keep that safe space between myself and that other vehicle. And I think that's one of the reasons that a program like this is so important is bringing to the forefront that professional drivers do have safety on their mind at all times. You are driving safely. You might be driving slow. You might be having to pull out to make a turn. You are trying to protect not just yourself, but the people and the vehicles around you. And I think sometimes there's a misconception from four wheelers, as y'all call us, that you can stop whenever you want to. You're just being slow because you want to. You're in my way. Get out of my way. But you want to get home safely to your family. You want everybody around you to get home safely to their families. So safety is of the utmost importance. And that's why I love programs like this, because you're pointing out these drivers take this job seriously. I agree wholeheartedly. During my acceptance speech, when I received the award, I mentioned my mother-in-law. She'd given me a gift years ago, probably 17 years ago, and it was angel wings. And on it, it says, don't ever drive faster than your angel wings can fly. And at the end of every pre-trip, I say a quick prayer for myself, 
and the people around me. Because every driver you ever talk to will say the same thing. My fear is to hurt somebody else. Because I know with this truck, it's 80,000 pounds. It takes a football field to stop at 55 miles an hour on dry pavement. So it's absolutely on our mind 24-7. That's a lot of space. Four-wheelers, you all need to think about that when we're driving out there. A football field. And just think if you had some liquid behind you that's moving behind you, how you would drive with that. How do you drive just even with a little gas can of fuel in your car? You're careful because that might tip over or it's moving. There's 80,000 pounds of movement (laughs) back behind these trucks. (laughs) I joke with people. I always say, you know, when you're washing your car and you have that bucket full of soap and you try and walk around the car with it, try doing that without spilling it. Now add another 6,000 gallons. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's so true. That's a good way. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that as I talk to other people about safety around drivers. I think anybody that gets a driver's license, I've said this numerous times. I think everybody, when you get your driver's license, you should have to go for a ride in a truck and just see what it's like to be behind the wheel of an 18 wheeler with a trailer behind you. You're going to have a greater respect for driving when you understand it. It is. And honestly, one of my greatest moments is I'm also a road team captain for the Tennessee Trucking Foundation. And we get to speak to experienced and inexperienced drivers, inexperienced being high school students, driver ed students. I love that opportunity because they're young, they're eager to learn, and they listen. We like to bring up stories about stuff. We see a lot of stuff on the road and children react to that. And a lot of the children, they'll say to you afterwards when they're alone, they don't want to embarrass themselves and they'll say, mom and dad always say trucks are always in our right. They drive slow. They cut us off. To see it and hear it from our perspective is an eye-opener for them. So any opportunity I get to speak to the general public or a higher platform, I'm all about it. I love that. I love that. Kids need to hear that. So tell us a little bit what it was like to participate in this Driver of the Year program. And what does it feel like to be the champion? You got the crown. (laughs) Or my wife says the tiara. I'll start with the word unbelievable. Jokingly, I tell some of my cohorts that I was the only one that applied. And I said, there was a snowstorm coming in. So maybe I was the last one. And they said, let's get him so we can get out of DC. (laughs) Don't underestimate yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Humility is my best asset. It's been unbelievable. Again, just to go back, any platform I've got to speak about safety, the industry, I'm very passionate about the industry. And to be given an elevated platform such as this, remarkable. Podcasts such as yours, other interviews in trade magazines that I've done, our company, my work family, Highway Transport, the Tennessee Trucking Foundation. It represents all of us. The award has my name on it, but it's an industry. And our industry is unique in that we are a family. We're all in this together. With the NTTC, when we go to meetings, these technically are competitors of ours, but we're sitting at the same table discussing the same issues and working together. Unbelievable. Everybody wants to keep their trade secrets. So in our industry, it's different. And if you look at the numbers in the tank truck industry, our safety levels are through the roof in comparison. And it's due to that passion and that connection and that communication that we have through an organized unit. So the award for me, I wish everybody could experience that reward for your work. It feels that way, but I'm not done. This communication, I love this part of it. To have have this. I'm honored. I'm humbled. The whole process, just from the beginning, the application, it's a piece of paper. Our vice president of safety had asked me to fill out the application if I'd be interested. Absolutely. And it's almost a general application, who you are, how long you've been driving. 
verifiable years of safe driving, stuff that you do in work to help others outside of work, what you do. So they're judging your character on that piece of paper. And at that point, again, it was just a piece of paper. When I got to the interview process in D.C., that was my aha moment where I thought, this is a big deal. It's no longer me. It's the industry. It's what I wanted the whole time. Didn't realize it until I got there. And at that point, that's when I wanted it. But stayed humble. Got through the questions and answers. Little video format. The five-judge panel. And took it all in. Had some great advice from a previous winner who said, just be yourself. You're here. You're already a champion. So be yourself and enjoy it. I have and I will. I love every part of this. I love that. That's a great description. And I assume that you have the application, you have the interviews and all that, but I assume there was probably a course that you had to drive as well. No, this is more about the industry, your knowledge of the industry, communicating the safety and the standards of the industry. So you have to have that safe driving, but it's not a physical driving course that we take. Okay. We'll say that that's presumed based on your years of safe driving. Okay. I promise you, I can do a serpentine and I can parallel (laughs) park an 18-wheeler. After (laughs) 2.4 million miles, I would assume that you could. (laughs) There's this TikTok video where it shows a driver and he's backing up a truck and he backs up really slow and he puts the cowboy hat on Woody's head. Does this mean you can do that now? (laughs) (laughs) I promise you, I can get close. And if not, I'll pick up his hat for him. (laughs) I tell you, people that don't know a whole lot about the industry really pay attention. There are some drivers out there. I'm just telling you, y'all are amazing with how you can maneuver a truck and a trailer to get into the tightest spaces through streets that I wouldn't want to have to drive a vehicle like that on for sure. But the knowledge that you have to have to do all of that, there's so much more to being a truck driver than sitting behind the wheel. There's just so much more to it than that. And that's what this program obviously shows when it's not about necessarily just the driving, it's about the knowledge. Correct. I promise you, I've got 31 years of stories. We'd be on this podcast for at least a week and a half. (laughs) So you reached out to me after you were, of course, crowned the champion and the Tank Truck Carrier Association makes a $2,500 donation in your name to your charity of choice. And you chose St. Christopher Fund. So tell us why you chose St. Christopher Fund. Yes, it was almost serendipitous. Years ago, I'm wanting to say mid-2000s, 2005, somewhere around there, one of the radio programs I listened to was Red Eye Radio with Eric and Gary. And they would mention and you would advertise on their program. And I would hear some stories throughout the year. You'd have people on there telling their stories of how it helped them. And I thought, that's a great program. Fast forward today, when I received word that I would have a donation made in my name, I immediately thought of the St. Christopher's Trucker Relief Fund, immediately. But wanted to research it because, again, this is a big deal. We are given money. I know it's in my name, but it's we with the donation. I reached out to you because I had questions. One of the questions, if you remember, if I asked, it was, For every dollar, how much went to the driver? You said 75 cents. I said, that's fantastic. Then I asked, how does that work? How does this happen? The driver would apply for this. No money was given to the driver. The money went directly to a bill, rent, utilities, water. And I thought, that's fantastic. You're hired. This makes (laughs) sense. This is a program that truly helps drivers. 
In my 30 years, I've also been a trainer. And one of the number one things that I've run into over the years is drivers who run into a medical issue that causes them to get out of the seat for a period of time that they cannot afford to have happen. So a program like this is in perfect alignment with my feelings about the industry and the drivers. And I understand it from a company standpoint, our over-the-road drivers or regional, the excess of 500 miles where they're not home every night, it's not possible for them to make a doctor's appointment. They can't do the preventative work that most of us are able to do. Therefore, something goes unnoticed and it turns into something major. That catastrophic illness costs them. They could lose a home, a car. It's a big deal. So a program like this, I can't say enough about it. Knowing what I know now, especially in the research, it was in perfect alignment. The serendipitous part was when I found out that Dr. John, starting it here in Knoxville, and here I live with Highway Transport, our corporate office is here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. Uh, dig a little deeper. You and I spoke about this when I mentioned it to my work family. Highway Transport is owned by some of the members of the Watkins family. Chip Watkins, in particular, he and I, we went to dinner. He was congratulating me on the award. And I had mentioned that I was donating to your program. And his eyes got like saucers because he believes in this program as well. And he's also a donor. I had no idea. It's just funny how the passion for the industry, people like-minded all think the same way. And it is an absolute honor to have this money donated to your organization. Well, we appreciate that and appreciate your respect for how we do things, sending money directly to bill holders. There's a couple of reasons we do that. One, it takes stress off the driver, but it helps us be accountable for where every penny goes. And we want to be accountable for that. And we want to use the money the way that we say it's going to be used. Watkins has been a supporter for several years now. And it was interesting when you said that you were driving for them. I was like, that's just kind of full circle that it came around because your company has already invested in us. Then you had heard about us not knowing that they were invested in us. And so that was a great connection to hear that you were with Highway Transport and get to talk with. We're excited to connect with Taylor over there and just say that we're already on the same page. And we love working with companies that have the same mission-mindedness. We are about drivers and taking care of drivers and making sure drivers aren't losing everything because of injury or illness. And so we're excited about that. Will, I want to bring you back in to the conversation as far as that goes. What was the goal of the National Tank Truck Carrier Association adding this philanthropic component to this outreach? That's a really great question. As Tom so eloquently put it a little bit earlier, the winner is determined by multiple factors, and that is skill and safety because of so many miles without any collisions, as well as insight on the industry and the ability to communicate the value that the industry has, as well as content of character. Either yourself or one of their listeners put themselves in Tom's shoes or one of our other champion finalists. The application is submitted sometime in the fall of a calendar year. They get that phone call to come up to Washington, D.C. for an interview sometime in early January and then come sometime in the spring, March or April, somewhere around there. They get flown over to NTTC's annual conference. They get stood up on stage with dramatic lighting, dramatic sounds and music and a whole room of hundreds of people that are anxious and eager to hear the winner. And then the name of that winner is announced. 
and then the contest is over in that split second. Rhetorically, I have to ask, well, now what? Your name is called, your name is on the trophy. That's great, that's wonderful, but now what? Having a philanthropical element to this contest helps answer that question, now what? Now that the spotlight is on you, what are you going to do to implement positive change for your community, for your coworkers, and for the betterment of the industry? Having this philanthropic element helps that. It will create an awareness to an issue. It will help create attention to something that is important to that driver. Because of that philanthropic element, here we are talking about the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. Before Tom said to us that that's where he wanted this donation to go to, with all due respect to this charity, I had never heard of them. I had never heard of them before. And now I have become much more educated on the fantastic things that they're doing, and it helps shine a spotlight on them. The positivity creates more positivity for somebody else. And now, thanks to this effort by Tom, we're going to have the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund come to join us at our next NTTC conference, and they're going to talk about some of the valuable work that they're doing. So I think it is a great incentive for the drivers to apply and be a part of this process because it is such a positive thing to shine a spotlight on an issue or a group that they really care about. And that in turn helps augment the positive spotlight that is on them and our industry. I think that's a great reason to add this component and I'll be at the conference next month. So I'm excited to be a part of it and get to meet you all in person. So I'll get to be there. And that's exciting for me to get to like you say, spread awareness because we've been around since 2008, but there's still so many people that do not know who we are and what we do and why we do it. The cool thing about this is working with drivers so closely, I know, we know how generous drivers are. We already know that they support each other. We already know they have each other's back. And in this giant industry that we work in, it's almost like it's a big world, but it's a small world. The industry is huge, but it's it seems very small when you start talking to people and they're always looking out for each other and they're always generous. We already know that drivers give back. We already know they're looking for ways to support each other. We already know they are familiar with organizations in the industry that help when needed and they are already sharing that information with other drivers and they're looking for ways to help other drivers. We already know how generous and giving the driving community is as a whole already. So this just is another way of saying, yes, they are. And let's shine some light on things that these drivers are involved in. So Tom, I want to ask you, why do you think drivers are known to be generous and giving people? We see it from a different perspective. COVID's a great example, the most recent pandemic. You didn't realize how fragile our infrastructure was. And we saw it firsthand. We knew it. Drivers knew this forever, the three-day food supply chain, the importance of keeping us moving. We've always been in the background, but when the pandemic struck, that's when people realized how important that infrastructure is. Drivers always felt the need to give back, to pay back. We want to arrive on time. We want to help our customers. We want to talk to our dispatchers. Ultimately, yes, that's what we get paid for, but it's more than that. In order for me to get paid, the customer has to be happy and successful. One trip doesn't pay it. I have to keep going back. So we all have to work. It's one cohesive net. We all have to work together in order to do that. Drivers have always given back to each other, whether it's advice, 
information and sharing that with others, that's just second nature to us. It really is. Directions. Believe it or not, there was a time we didn't have cell phones or GPS. There's times when we were at the fuel island conversing. We actually spoke. We didn't text. So there was a time. It's just second nature to a driver. It's definitely prevalent in our industry. It always has been. It doesn't strike me as odd as all. It's just part of it, I guess, the culture. We see that as well. And it's really the same as the nonprofit industry. Everything is about building relationships. And that's what this industry is about. Drivers are about building relationships, whether it be a one-day relationship, a one-hour relationship, or a life lifetime friendship, but it's all about connecting with somebody, helping somebody, being generous to somebody, supporting somebody, offering the wisdom and the knowledge that you have to somebody that might not know it or is trying to learn it, being willing to answer those questions. And I see drivers do that every single day. And you are absolutely a prime example of that. Thank you. Yes, absolutely true. Well, tell me how Highway Transport has supported you as driver of the year and up to this point. I can't say enough. I refer them as work family and they truly are. After I won the award, we were in San Diego for the convention. Absolutely beautiful, breathtaking place. When we were there, I was there with the vice president of safety, Mr. Rick Lusby, our CFO, CEO, Marshall Franklin. My terminal manager was with us as well, Steve Hittinger. And they said at the end of the award, they're very proud of me. And they said, take the rest of the week off, enjoy it. And I said, no, I need to go back because they pick on me. A lot of the guys at work call me Hollywood. And the one thing about drivers, drivers have thick skin. There's a lot of ribbon that takes place with drivers. And I said, I need to get this over with. In my cell phone, I have text messages from drivers with more experience than myself over 40 years telling me how proud they are of me. That means a lot to represent them. I can't say enough about them and how they support me. It's a work family. They're very proud of me and I'm proud of them. As they should be. It's a big accomplishment and it's a big honor. You were nominated for a reason because they thought if you got to the top spot, you would be a great face and a great voice for not just highway transport, not just for tank truck carriers, but just for the industry as a whole. I think that says a lot about the nominees that got to be a part of the whole process, whether they won or not. I'm sure the people that would be standing on stage with you as far as being nominees are quite impressive people. All of them would be great ambassadors for the industry as a whole. So just seeing how humble you are about it just proves that the right person was chosen for this. Thank you. Will, tell us, what do you want people to know about the tank truck driving profession and the transportation industry? I will say this about tank truckers. It is a profession that's just like any other. It's a two-way street, right? How can you benefit the industry and how can the industry benefit you? This I have to say about tank truck drivers, we need them. I think that recent crises faced across the United States, for example, give it hurricanes, natural disasters. We can talk about the colonial pipeline hacking. These tank truckers are delivering the vital commodities that are needed for our really incredible standard of living. Popular thing that they deliver petroleum products, jet A fuel, they go to your local gas station, or they will carry the plastic that will be molded into products that we use every day, milk products even, or wine, or chemicals, or certain other things that we just take for granted every day. Our public needs these items. Consequently, the industry needs drivers. The tank truck industry really has an aging workforce to it. 
NTTC has put together a recent survey amongst certain petroleum companies uh, that are our members, and 80% of tank truck drivers are over the age of 45. 23% are over the age of 55. It is an aging workforce, and with more and more drivers that are leaving the industry due to retirement, what we have found is that there is not a heck of a whole lot of backfill for those. We need more drivers. Consequently, this is a profession that is really incredible for the employees. Sure, we can think of trucking in general as being a difficult lifestyle to have, right? Not that I have anything against Arby's, but it can be difficult to have Arby's for lunch and dinner, maybe even breakfast every single day of the week while you're driving. But it's not like that for most tank truck drivers, where they will come home every single day, where they generally will have a localized route. The next time you're driving down an interstate and you pass by a rest station and you see a whole bunch of trucks parked, I would ask you rhetorically, what is the percentage of tank truckers that are pulled over on the side of the road because they're sleeping? The answer to that is relatively few. And the reason why is because most of these drivers are home every single day. They're home with their families if they have any. And that is a really great advantage. Then on top of that, given the specialization of tank truck drivers, the certain credentialing, the hazardous materials that are being hauled behind, hey, they're paid a heck of a whole lot more too. So I think that transportation is so critical to our standard of living. We really need more tank truck drivers and also tank truck drivers make a really incredible living to support themselves and their family. That is the number one message that we're trying to drive home with contests like these is, hey, look at Tom Frame. Look at these other champion finalists, runners up every single year. These are incredible men and women of our industry. They have done amazing things and we need more people just like Well, I would agree with that and echo that and say, shout a little bit louder for people in the back, because this industry, it's a profession. There's a lot to it. And especially in a specialized area like tank truck carrier. So what specialization do you have to have? I'm sure you have to have something besides a CDL. You got to have your CDL, but there are endorsements that need to go along with that for the tank truck carrier piece of the industry. So tell us a little bit about that. Of course, in addition to a CDL and new federal regulations for entry-level driver training, depending on the applicant and if they've already had a CDL or if they're coming in, we would also require a hazardous materials endorsement or HME, depending on the commodity that's in the back. Anything that's classified as hazardous materials, think of the petroleum products, right? That would require an HME, hazardous materials endorsement. But if you're hauling something in the back, like certain plastics or milk, obviously those aren't classified as hazardous materials. So that credentialing may not be needed. What we find is that TWIC may also be needed. It stands for Transportation Worker Identification Credential, and that is certain security access into a facility, usually in a maritime domain, a port authority or a terminal to pick up or drop off a load. So that would be another item of credentialing. And frankly, a lot of training too, which I'm not going to get into. There's a lot of other elements into that. Tom, you would know a lot more detail but there is some extra education that is required for such a specialized transportation career. That is correct. Yeah, there is quite a bit of training. The onboarding for a CDL holder could take weeks, if not months. At the end of the day, it's all about safety. So the training process, I always explain to everybody, that's nothing to rush. In our industry, you're paid to be trained. So you're making money all the way through that process. So whether you're hauling water or acid, they're both the same, but the procedures are very specific and precise to keep you and the environment safe. 
So there's no shortcut in safety. Training is essential, absolutely essential. Absolutely. In every aspect of this industry, for sure, but definitely in these specialized areas. I have a question. This is just something that popped into my mind is somebody that's brand new coming into the industry. They've never driven before. Do you think it would be better for them to have general driver knowledge and years in the industry and then move into a specialized area? Or what are the thoughts of just jumping into the specialized area from day one? For me as a driver, because I do get that question quite often from new drivers that I might run into at a fuel island. In my experience, I believe driving, say, a box truck, it's a good way to get your feet wet, getting used to the turns, making wide turns. In our industry, it's not a good industry to say learn. Not that it can't be done. It's not a fair statement. Some people are extremely intelligent. They take to it like a bird at flight. No problems. But myself, when I first started, I knew that I didn't have the patience or the aptitude for this type of career, this specialized career. It would have taken me time to get where I am today. Not to say that you can't do that, but again, I'll go back and say that the training in this career or this industry is definitely much more intense than what I received in the box truck world. So you can get that. But my perception from when I started to where we are today, listen, the technology, the advancements that have been made there, the ELDs, some people like to fight them. I come from the world when we didn't have them and the drivers were abused by them. So I understand both sides of that. But the technology, the safety restrictions that have been put in place, it is a very safe industry. But it's up to you. Fear is your friend when driving a truck. It really is. That's what keeps you safe. That will make you think. That will make you forecast a future event. Things for you to keep your minds present and your safety thoughts are on the front of your mind at all times. I believe it's possible, but it's up to the individual. What do you want? It's a great industry. Listen, I've had an upper middle class life for 31 years in this career. It's a great career. It's recession proof. It's bull market proof. I've never gotten a pink slip. I've never been without work. Not many people can say that. Anybody coming into it, the world is your oyster. You're welcome to try anything in this industry because there are so many facets to it. But in the tank truck world, we take safety seriously. And if that's what you want, and if you're compelled by that, then please come on in. So Tom, I want to go back a little bit. You've been in the industry for, you said 31 years, is that correct? That's correct. And eight years in the tank truck industry. Yes, Where were you before and what made you decide to move into this specialized tank truck area? Great question. Thank you for asking. My previous life is how I referred to it prior to the tank truck industry. I was in food service. I worked for a large food distribution company. The term we used was we fingerprinted every boxes. It was an extremely physical job. And I remember at one point I was at a customer that was a multi-stop. Everything we had, we had to, again, fingerprint those boxes, deliver those. I got to that stop. And for the first time, I found myself physically unable to carry some of those boxes that normally I could pick them up and throw them on a two-wheeler and off I went. And I remember sitting down just for a moment and thinking to myself, 
this could be an issue. What's my future? I've established a lifestyle. How am I going to maintain that if I physically cannot do this anymore? I was very fortunate in that at the time, my boss, who retired from that same organization, but yet still too young to retire, came over to Highway Transport, to my work family now. And he and I stayed in touch the entire time. And we would talk. And he said, Tom, he said, did you ever think of hauling a tank? And I said, I don't know. That's kind of nerve wracking. Those placards and all of that. And he says, I really think you need to look at it. And I thought, okay. So I did. I went over there. We spoke. I actually went to the yard, spoke to some other drivers, talked to them. Listen, we've all seen these tank trucks running up and down the road, but never thought anything of it because we stayed in our lane, so to speak, what we were comfortable with. After speaking to some of those drivers, I thought, okay, I think I could do this. And I remember going back to my employer at the time and asking, is it possible to get a leave of absence to take this potential job somewhere else? They were kind enough to laugh at me. (laughs) So I did. At the time, I had a great boss who said, listen, you're welcome back here anytime. We would hate for you to leave, but we understand. And I told them flat out that physically this job, I don't know that I can continue at this pace. Little fun fact, years ago, Coca-Cola did a study on their drivers, on a delivery driver. The physical health of a delivery driver was 17 years. I had exceeded that, so I was already on borrowed time. The rotator cups, the knees, the damage to the joints. It's just a very physical job. But I remember at that moment thinking everything's gone, like you and your organization. How many drivers are out there with an illness? Everything's gone. No, it's not. There's always hope. There's always something else. Always. So when I found the tank truck industry, I thought, I looked around, there's a lot of gray hair here. I thought, this is okay. I'm a young guy. So I am forever grateful to the industry and to my work family for that opportunity. But just know if any other driver out there listening to this, there's other angles. There's other facets to our industry. Don't think that this is it. There's always more. And I'm very grateful and will always be grateful for this industry because of that. Thank you for asking that. Yeah, I think that's great encouragement for somebody that may be sitting in a truck thinking, I don't know how much longer I can do this to now put that into their mindset of where can I go next? What do I need to start working towards? What goals do I need to accomplish to get to another area or another level that will allow me to continue in this industry that I love and learn something new, learn how to grow in the industry, get a new specialty that I can maybe end my career in that specialized industry where they've not really ever thought about it before. They might be sitting there thinking, what am I going to do when I'm 70 and I'm supposed to still be doing XYZ job, well, you might not have to look at these other specialized areas and see what needs to be done. How much time do you need? Do you need to work on a one-year plan? Do you need to work on a five-year plan to move into the specialized industries? Yes, excellent. I was very excited to talk with you all and learn more about it. I mean, I see the tank trucks. I know a driver that delivers milk, but when I drive down and I see the tankers driving down the street that have all the placards, I'm thinking, what's in there. And my mind immediately goes to the boom that we talked about earlier. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's probably something that'll blow up. (laughs) I look at all those placards on the side. Every piece of knowledge that I gain about the industry just helps me appreciate and respect what each and every one of you do. So it's great to spend time talking with you. And I appreciate the time that you both have spent 
I'd love to close from both of you. What advice would you give somebody that's just starting a trucking career or just starting thinking they want to join this industry? What advice would you give them? My advice for a new driver and anybody even thinking about it is welcome. This is an industry where you are guaranteed employment. Everything you need, want, or have came on a truck at some point. It's a very satisfying career. Be patient. Relax. Always listen. Take advice. Talk to many people. Don't be frustrated. So many times I run into people who said I was a driver. And quite often I always ask, what happened? And it was a simple lack of communication between the employee and employer. That's not to say the industry's bad. That's an individual. That carries true with any job you have. I see a lot of young people looking at it. What I've seen recently, I see a lot of college graduates unable to find a job in their career of study. And if they do, it doesn't pay enough to pay the student loan debt that they have. This is a career in an industry that pays extremely well. It doesn't matter race, ethnicity, religion. That's all irrelevant. None of that matters in our industry. We are an A to B. Get the product from A to B. And if you do that successfully, this is a career. We've got a future event I'm very excited to be part of with the FFA, Future Farmers of America Convention. I'm participating with the Next Gen Trucking, where we talk to younger people about that industry and what it means to them. This is a career. Many times people say they have a job. I have a career. I have options. There's things I can do. There's places I can go. I've seen most people haven't seen. People working in an office don't have the office I have. The scenery is constantly changing and I'm getting paid to do it. I'm meeting people every day. I'm going to customers that are producing a product. I get to see behind the scenes how they made that product. It's incredible what you get to see and do in this industry. I love it. I'm very passionate about it. And I suggest everybody do it. I love it. Will, give us your feedback. Well, what's your advice to going in the industry? Tom gives some great advice from a driver's perspective, and I will give the association perspective on advice. Call me. I will be <laughs> more than happy to provide you names, phone numbers, email addresses, physical addresses to physically knock down on some doors, make some phone calls to a NTTC member or tank trucking company in your area. If there is any information, I would be more than happy to provide it. And I would also say too, that National Tank Truck Carriers has a wealth of information online and in person. Our website is tanktruck.org. We have a variety of different conferences and events held throughout the United States and Canada every year. Come visit us if we're in your neighborhood or take a look at some of our webinars that we'll have. We have policy papers, position papers. We have committee meetings. Give us a call. If you want to learn more, I would be more than happy to provide you with a wealth of information and get you connected to an employer near you. Absolutely. I love it. Do some research, guys and gals out there. Do some research. And if you haven't found your place, if you haven't found your job, something that you love, this is a great industry to be a part of. I spent a week on a truck and I'll tell you what, I would go back in a heartbeat. Just the sunrises and sunsets alone were enough for me to want to be out there and wake up every day and see someplace new. I love seeing, like you said, how things are done behind the scenes. That is so interesting to me. I actually watched a video last week on watermelons and how they got hauled and how they got emptied and how they got through the plant and out onto the floor. 
And each piece is so different. Each product is so different. It's such an interesting industry. You will never lack for information to learn. That is for sure. Tom, I have to ask one final thing. Other than having your new nickname, Hollywood, how has this championship affected you and affected your life in the industry? I think it's everything has just come to fruition. I've been speaking this way for at least 25 of the 31 years. Very passionate about it. But being given a platform such as this has allowed me an opportunity that, quite frankly, I didn't think existed. I can't say enough about these opportunities. And as a driver, sometimes a lot of us get caught in, again, staying in our lane. It's a job. We come in, we do our thing. When you get to see some of the behind the scenes, an award program, an organization like the NTTC, when you see the passion for the industry that you're in, you can't help but be excited about it. So to reach out and push yourself, everybody should push themselves, regardless of the career you're in. You should always strive for more. So winning that award was, honestly, it was the key, I guess. It was the key to get on stage and speak to others. And I will take that opportunity and I will take every advantage I have of it while I have it. I think you're going to be a great voice as you already have been maybe behind the scenes until now, but now you're going to be thrust into the Hollywood limelight and I think you're going to be a shining star out there. So I look forward to hearing more from you and I look forward to meeting you both at the Tank Truck Carrier Conference. Look forward to meeting you both and spending some time with you and having a little face-to-face time out there. So I appreciate you both joining us today. I know we've been here a while and you all have plenty of things to do. I just appreciate you spending this much time and answering the questions and some additional questions that weren't even planned to be asked. It's just as conversation goes, interesting things pop up. So thank you for spending time with us today here on the Highway to Hope. Thank you. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. I'll give you a plug. I believe in your organization. Remember to round up when you're at the TA. (laughs) Pennies make dollars. I'm proud to be part of your organization. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it very much. Of course, and thank you. We really enjoyed this conversation with Tom and Will, and this conversation proves what we at St. Christopher Fund already know. Drivers are safe, drivers are professional, and drivers are generous. If you are interested in this industry, do some research on the different areas and come join us and learn something new. If you want to know more about St. Christopher Fund, head over to our website at chuckersfund.org and connect with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Until next time, Highway to Hopers, stay safe out there, share a kind word and a smile with somebody, and have a great rest of your week.